Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. What's up? Happy Monday. And welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere. My name is Chris Williams. I'm joined, as always, by Chris Hassel, who... Is um, do you have the day off or something? No, I just haven't showered yet. Oh, so you got like a ball cap on? Like it's cool. I like I, I, I got I haven't no problem. shaved. I just, does 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 Paramount give you guys President's Day off? That's what I was no. wondering. You know, I I don't know if if most places are like this now, but um, we we get now unlimited PTO. Have you heard of this? No. Like Man, there's no awesome. such thing as vacation days anymore. Like there's no such thing as like one person having four weeks of vacation, another one having two. Everybody has unlimited PTO. So they can take as much time off as they want, theoretically. But I w- And you're f- assuming that people won't just take like four months a year off. Well, yeah, and I think it's on their managers to approve that and such, but I think I think they've done studies that have shown that when companies do this, people actually take less time off. I would believe that. Yeah. So um, this is our first year doing that, so we'll see how that goes. But no, it's not a it's not a uh, it's not a holiday. Is it a holiday for a Cyclone Fanatic? <laughs> no. We don't do holidays. We're open twenty four hours a day, three hundred and sixty five days out of the year. So my nieces and nephews live in California, and this week they have the whole week off, and they call it Ski Week. They give them a like whole week spring break. It's basically like their spring break, but okay. they call it Ski Week in California. So everyone goes to Lake Tahoe or the mountains, and yeah, but they built it. I was going to say the they're all communists out in California. I'm surprised yeah. they would celebrate President's Day in history. Oh, I just <laughs> pissed off half the audience there. Just kidding. Everybody, calm down. We're just having a good time. Uh, it's good to be here. We have a lot to get to. I want to thank our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. Had just another experience traveling this weekend. We go to some garbage um, place. Not even going to name the name. Oh, yeah, you went to Minneapolis? Minneapolis? Yeah, and I just wanted to go to a Fairway because I know I get a better deal. And You had to go to the Pump and Munch to get your meat? Well, you know, you stay in a hotel and you want to stock up on some things to have at the hotel so you don't just get ripped off at the hotel and it's just like so instead i got ripped off at this other grocery store and i was just missing my local fairway i lived Shout up in them. minnesota for three years and the grocery stores are terrible they're terrible up there. what do they have up there what's, like the, what's cub, the main store well, well oh, where cub i was, foods? was cub foods yeah it was oh, n- not great yeah, well, they it's had all those like fringy type ones here like that yeah it's just bad i i actually think i ended up at a walmart you guys will love this. I was in San Antonio, and I'm sitting in my hotel room firing up the Wi-Fi. And uh, the first Wi-Fi name that popped up was Too Moist, Too Meaty. That was the mm. name of the Wi-Fi. Too Moist, Too Meaty. It's like a rack of ribs from Fairway. 
that or something else. I don't know. There's no such thing as too moist of ribs. You want them nice and moist. Moist. <sighs> A lot to get to. Frame Are we trying McCaffrey. to avoid the shitty weekend that Iowa and Iowa State had? Nope, we're getting in it right now. Uh, but I, I do want to plug the Caitlin Clark thing first. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. We got a little Real, sneak peek of that, some bitch. Really excited about this. This will air tonight. First of a kind for us at Iowa Everywhere. It's a long form. It's actually long form in the sense of how we how we do it, but it's only about 30 minutes long tonight. You can watch it it's just like you're watching this right now. If you're watching on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever, the the Caitlin Clark one on one will air tonight at eight o'clock on any of these feeds. I would suggest YouTube is probably the best if you want to watch it on your TV because it, it's going to look like a TV show to you guys. I feel too like Chris. We're we're trying like very new things here. There's really probably not much locally that has been like, oh, we're going to air this exclusive digitally at 8 o'clock. So I'm trying to like mm-hmm. educate our audience because this will not be the last thing like this that we do at Iowa Everywhere. I'm uh, My favorite thing to do in any media is long-form interviews and get as much out of the topic or the person as you can. And Caitlin was amazing. I could not have been more blown away uh, in my couple of hours getting to know her last Monday and uh, Matt's got a little bit we this is not like hey Caitlin give us some tips on shooting free throws like here's a really quick clip on on what you can expect tonight you know the narrative out there from your naysayers you play the game with a great amount of passion Mm -hmm. what do those naysayers not understand about Caitlin Clark I think the biggest thing is, you know, I am passionate, I am competitive when I'm on the court, but off the court, like, I'm one of the goofiest, silliest people you'll probably ever meet, Um, and I think my teammates would tell you the exact same, like, I'm able to have this switch of, you know, I know when it it needs to be serious and, like, it's full throttle competitive, but when I'm off the court, like, I'm fun, like, I understand there's so much more to life than just a basketball game, Um, and when you can understand that, I think it helps you play better on the court, Um, but I think also is my passion and my competitive spirit, that's what makes me who I am. So I could never lose that. I don't think I could perform at the level I did if I didn't have all that. Um, and that's how I've been since a very young age. Um, and that's what I love about the game is, you know, getting the, the crowd into it, um, you know, being feisty. Um, you know, I think that's what makes me play to the level I play to every single night. Thanks for putting that together, Matt. And yeah, so we, that will the whole thing will be on tonight at eight o'clock. And Hassel, I know you watched it. You're a you're a Hawkeye fan. Did you? The whole point I was trying to get people to learn more about Caitlin Clark, like the individual. Did that did that come through for you? Absolutely, yeah. Because we we I haven't seen that much uh, no. from from Caitlin Clark, like the long form stuff you're talking about. It's always about you know the way she plays and the impact she's had on Iowa basketball. You know, you were talking to her about. Her Netflix queue and just just stuff that, you know, you wouldn't normally get to talk to her about if it wasn't, uh, you know, a nice long sit down. So I think we're going to learn a lot about her, which is great because she's awesome. Uh, Matt asked, did I play her one on one? We did not. Did you? Hey, Van Wink, go back to that clip you just put up there with them at midcourt. Yeah, we were we were shooting logo threes together. 
She made her first. It took me six to make her. I like in transitions. What? what are those jeans you got on there? You got are they all they're all torn and faded? Do you want to know you? the honest uh, Yeah, I, I can be honest yes. with you. So those jeans are like five years old. And so I got a Peloton. And Wait, I've been riding this on. Peloton. What, in your jeans? No, no. Hey, listen to me. Okay. I don't have any that fit right now. Those are the only jeans in my closet that oh, were like it. super duper baggy on me. Wow. So, I just let you walk right into a humble brag. Well, you. I said, do you want me to get into this? Because I knew I was going to sound. Those are the only jeans I have right now that fit. And it's, you know, we're, we're a, we're a hip company. You know, we wear our torn jeans. That's what we, that's, that's what we are. Uh, let's get into Iowa men's basketball and we'll start on, you know, last night's just a tough one at Northwestern for a lot of reasons. The story here is Fran McCaffrey. Uh, Iowa's offense will be fine. They'll make threes again. Um, This, this budding, not budding, this rivalry between this official who gets a lot of Iowa games and, and McCaffrey and really the whole McCaffrey family, I would say at this point, Patrick gets a T Connor's out there retweeting Bohannon's critiques of officials after the game. Um, <laughs> Which, you know, and I, I love Jordan, but I couldn't disagree with him more about a lot of this stuff. But that's why we have all sorts of opinions here on Iowa everywhere. The well, I, oh, Hassel, you're the Iowa guy. I'll let you commentate first. What did you think of last night's 20-point uh, loss at Northwestern? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, are they going to go, you know, one for 16 from three to start a game again? Probably no. not. And A lot of those looks were open. Chris Murray had a ton of looks that were open that he missed that I think most of the time – going to hit a few and just hit two or three of those and it's a different game I don't know that they win the game but nevertheless I'm not that worried about the offensive end because we, we kind of know that's that's who Iowa is that's who they've always been under Fran McCaffrey like they, they can go through these this these long spurts of great play and then all of a sudden one bad game and you look like crap a lot of times it comes in the tournament first or second game of the tournament uh, hopefully that doesn't happen this year, but we know that this is possible. When, when that shot is not falling, they are not a good team. So you're right. The story is, and I know it is for fans too, either it's yeah, you're pissed off at Fran McCaffrey or you're pissed off at the officials. Um, look, McCaffrey got tossed. That game was over. It didn't matter. They, you know, no. Northwestern got four free throws after that. Whatever. They were down I 12, 13, 14 points. When when McCaffrey got booted, he knew what he was doing. He knew he wanted out, and he got out. And he he was on the right side. I mean, it was a it should have been a ten second call. Yeah, he was right on the call. They pointed it out, and it was clear. Should have been a ten second call, but it was bang bang. I mean, it wasn't like I I don't think it was an egregious miss. It was a miss, no question. An egregious miss. I don't know. And it, again, it wouldn't have mattered. So he gets booted. But then I think most people are talking today and wondering today about the um, the Patrick McCaffrey technical, which again the game was over, it didn't matter. So he goes and uh, 
fouls a Northwestern player. And he did. I mean, he hit him on, I don't know, it, he might have just grazed his hair. The guy's hair like sticks up. He definitely hit his hair with his, he like reached over the top of his head and it looked like he bumped his head, called for the foul. He wasn't happy about it. He was throwing his hands up. He was in disbelief to begin with. So he's he's not happy to begin with. Then, uh, you know, camera cuts away. Who knows what happens between Patrick and and the officials, that particular official before the first free throw. So Northwestern players at the line has the ball, getting ready to, to attempt the free throw, and Patrick turns around and has something to say to the official right as the Northwestern player was shooting. So he could have gotten teed up for, for a couple of different things there. I, and, and we're showing video of it right now. Wasn't he joined for a while? After, yes. I, I, yes. Okay. It could have just been, I don't been, think it was uh, just that. It could, it, it could have, it could have been a culmination T like, okay, enough is enough technical foul. You can also give him a technical foul because you, you're not allowed to do that when a player is shooting. Like he did that. He was right next to the free throw shooter and he did it right when he was, he had the ball and was attempting the free throw. Now, normally officials won't call that, but you can call a technical foul for disrupting the free throw shooter as well. I think it's, it's, I think it was just everything altogether. It was, Originally throwing his hands up in disgust and in disbelief and then continuing to talk about it. Your coach has already been thrown out of the game. And it, there's this narrative out there that these officials and and maybe one in particular, Courtney Green, is out to get the McCaffreys. I, 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 I highly doubt that. But there, there's, there, there's a, such thing as a benefit of the doubt. Some players, some teams, some coaches will get it. Some players, some coaches will not because they've lost it. And because of what's happened in the past, Fran McCaffrey just doesn't get a lot of benefit of the doubt. And that that's well-earned over the years. He's calmed down mm-hmm. from what he was five, ten years ago. But he's not going to get – Bobby Hurley is not going to get – the benefit of that. There's some coaches that just aren't going to get that. And that game was, was out of control. It, it was over. Refs are just trying to keep it under control. You know, Patrick is continually voicing his displeasure and it's during a free throw shot. That's my take. It's just, frankly, a, it's a bad look, you know, and uh, you can argue, you can make all the, I think everybody as biased as you can be is like, yeah, Fran earned that, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I think anybody could admit that the Patrick one seems more negotiable as far as did he earn the T or not. It's just, I don't know. It's a bad look when the two coaches, kids are getting teed up and tweeting about officials. And here's the thing. You ever have a buddy who like just can't keep a girlfriend or like every and and then he thinks he's like cursed because all women are right. you know well at some point you got to look yourself in the mirror bro and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at with Fran at this point like I and, and 
here's the thing. There are processes that go by. So like if, if Fran, if Fran thinks that this official is truly out to get them, I'm sure that Iowa has reached out to the big 10 and the big 10. I, I know how this works like that. That's very much a thing. I actually know a, um, I know a situation where there is a, an official who doesn't do Iowa games because of this, because he's basically bowed out because of his relationship with Fran over the years. So it's just, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of over it like that. Again, it didn't matter last night, but the is Tony Perkins on Twitter tweeting about officials. I don't know. Maybe he is. I don't yeah, know. That, but. That's my, that's my problem with this whole thing is it's one thing to get a technical foul in a game. And Fran McCaffrey said all the right things after the game. Like he was, he was great. Actually, that he, was, he, he really good calmed down and, but like to allow your son, who's a leader on this team, to go out and like and retweet Jordan Bohannon's tweet that Courtney Green and Paul Sells, the exact tweet is Courtney Green and Paul Sells continuing to get uh, to to get assigned Iowa games shows how incompetent Big Tate Big Ten officiating office is. Pathetic. So you think that you're going to get the benefit of the doubt the next time you're you've got a game with Courtney Green and Paul Sells? If that gets back to them that you're retweeting and liking that, like what what are we doing and how is that allowed? I I don't know any other team where that would be allowed. I really I really don't. I don't get it. Like that that, that that's that's what I have a problem with. I I didn't have a problem with Fran getting thrown out of the game. I didn't have a problem with Patrick getting teed up. No. Yeah. But it's it's this it's this stuff like give me a break. And listen, a lot of fans don't understand this. Maybe some players don't either. I, I, I can't imagine they don't, but th- there's not like a big ten officiating crew. There's not a crew. There's no such thing as a crew. It's These not officials like go all over. It's they work football. in different crews every night. They work in different conferences every night. So it's not like there's this Big Ten officiating office that has all these Big Ten officials, and they're like, oh, we're going to put Courtney Green on the Iowa game. Oh, here we go, Paul Sells. Yeah, let's put him on the Iowa game too. Yeah. It it, it, it's, it doesn't work out that way. These, these, these officials are calling like six games a week in every too, conference. Isn't there – schedule laid out like months in advance and stuff yes yeah as I say, a, a lot not... of times it's laid out the entire year in advance yeah that's what i thought so yeah. i just look it was a bad it's a bad night don't let it like don't go on twitter and make this into a story it's one bad night it was a bad game you play you didn't play well move on there's no conspiracy the refs didn't cost you the game. What are we doing? You don't yeah. see this with other teams. What you see is other coaches will go wild. You know, you got the, you know, Izzo, Izzo loses all, his mind all the time. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't like it's It's 
when things like this happen, it's not because there's some unfair bias going around out there against you or your family or your team. And and if there is, the things that you do, maybe there's a reason for that, you know? I Where did the Courtney Green thing, because we have one guy, one pride Hawkeye is asking us, can you flip it around and say Courtney Green has lost the benefit of doubt to referee Iowa games fairly? Where I, I I hear people talk about this guy. Um where did this start? Is this like a this year thing or is I like didn't this start noticing it until this year, but I'm sure it goes back before that. Um okay. it's just <sighs> They're graded on every game. That's my whole thing. It's like I mean like the West Virginia Iowa State game last week was they called like 30 fouls on Iowa State. Like I didn't think mm-hmm. that it was unfair where they were trying to get Iowa State to lose the game. I think that you just had a crew that called everything. Right? Like so um there are bad officials. Like that's that's part of this deal too. It's like especially on these weekend games. I don't know if you know about it Chris, but like there's so many games on Saturdays right. especially where your officiating crews are not as good. You mm-hmm. you have to go deeper into the barrel. So yeah. like a, a Saturday game is going to have, unless you get one of those top end crews, like you're going to get worse officials on a Saturday than you would on a Tuesday, because mm-hmm. there's so many games and there's or only a Sunday. so many officials. Because yeah. there's not that many games on Sundays. Correct. Compared to a Saturday, compared yeah. to a Wednesday. So <clears throat> these officials are calling games because they're in demand, and if if you're a bad official, you're probably not going to be calling games in the Big Ten. And some of them do suck for what it's worth. There are a sure. lot of bad officials out there. Because <laughs> there's a lot of officials. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't want to do it. Because it, it it's it's a tough job. I mean, these guys, they are in and out. A lot of times they'll fly in the day of the game and they'll fly out right after the game to get to the next game, the very next day. Which could be know, a maybe- problem too. You it's got like, that sit down with Caitlin Clark. Can you get a sit down with Courtney Green? See what's going on? If he just has it out for the McCaffreys? My, my guess is that I would get declined. That <laughs> yeah, request. Th- th- that's that's one thing I don't like about, and it's it's every sport. Officials, it, it would be nice if they answered some questions. At this point with gambling and with all, like, I think that we're, we're inching towards that. Just feels like we should be. But... It's also like you have the pool reporter thing. So what that means for you guys. So let's say um, you're covering a game at Kinnick Stadium or Jack Trey Stadium, and there's a questionable call where everybody's kind of curious as to like why it was called that, what's the ruling behind it. So there's one reporter in the press box that is the pool reporter for the officials where they can request an explanation. It's usually a veteran you know, somebody who's been around a long time. Um, do you make more of that or like do people I, – I, I also think that just throwing these guys and, and women out in like a press conference form so the media can just grill them about their calls that they made with eight minutes to go in the first half may be problematic too. I don't know what the answer is. But with – again, like with the prevalence of gambling and the amount of money – 
that is in these leagues now and these television contracts, it just feels like there's more at stake than paying a guy 5,000 bucks to come and do a game. And then he flies out. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Feels different now than it used to. And I think that it it could help them too. I mean, if they, if they did that, they could try to better explain uh, reasons why they made particular calls or didn't make particular calls. We would know exactly why Patrick got teed up. Was it because he talked during the free throw was it because it was a culmination? Was there a magic word in there? It would be nice. It would be nice to know. I kind of like what the NBA's doing now, where the ref will like come up to the camera and explain to the TV, this is why I made the call. Um, well, usually that's for a review, right? Isn't yeah. that just but, when they're But I, I'm saying, things? like, I wonder if that's something we could do more of. Like, I don't know. And the, the NFL kind of gets it right, where they'll explain to you. Mm-hmm. You know, college basketball, it's just, it's such a powder keg, these, these arenas and like last night, Iowa was in one. Yeah. Like that atmosphere was, and and the thing that I, I do think that we all, Iowa State was just in this last week at West Virginia. I, I, I feel you, Iowa fans. And you, and, and we've, we often see it play the other way at Hilton Coliseum. But hang on here. We're, we're, we're not even. We're not arguing that the officials had any impact on Iowa losing. No, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that officials are human beings, and they are going to be impacted by crowds. And like that, yeah. this has always been a thing in college basketball, where you expect to get more calls at home than you do on the road. And you do. And there've been studies yes. done on that. And it's it, not a it's, bias. It's it's. It's, it's human nature when you're in that situation that the home team is just going to get the benefit of the doubt on a few more calls. It's just how it is. But it seems like Iowa here feels like this one guy is out to screw them. They do. And it's Clearly. become a very public thing. And some Iowa fans feel that too. Many do. I mean, if I look at my timeline. Mm-hmm. But so anyways. Let's, 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 bottom line here, it had no impact on the game. None. No. So what's so move on, you know? It's one game. You've been playing great basketball. You have one bad night. Move on. <laughs> this Felt had like, no impact on the game. Fran wanted to get tossed. He did. Yeah. So what? Let's go. So you get Wisconsin coming up on what Wednesday? Yeah, at Wisconsin. Yeah. How about which is, Did you see last night they put up uh, Iowa's bad losses? Was that home loss to Wisconsin in December? That's now a quad three loss. Man, that's hard to believe. They so now they have a quad three and a quad four for Eastern Illinois. And by the way, I couldn't believe it. Stephen Bardo on the call last night. It's the first time I've ever heard anybody make an excuse for Iowa in that loss to Eastern Illinois. He said. Yeah, but that Eastern Illinois, they didn't have two of their starters in that game. They didn't have Chris Murray and Connor McCaffrey. Like, come on. They're still favored by 30 points. How many Iowa games has Stephen Bardo called in the last, like, five years? I know, it's crazy. (laughs) I feel like he's called 70% of their games. It's either Bardo or Robbie Hummel. Yeah, one of those two, you're right. (laughs) Every time. And you guys have King McClure. Oh, yeah, we get King. King McClure, too, though. I have a theory. There's Iowa State fans hate him the most because of this. 
Because that year that they went 0 and 21 or whatever, Proms last year. Oh, yeah. He was calling every game. I think King McClure called like 15 of those losses. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just associate his voice with pain. (laughs) What about this Chris Collins, though, and the job that Northwestern has done? My God. Like, they. Amazing. Just came out of nowhere. And they were horrible these last few years. Like Chris Collins, he's the only coach that's ever led them to the NCAA tournament. They have one NCAA tournament berth in their history. And it was Chris Collins about five years ago. So he was given more of a leash than I think most coaches would be. And it's Northwestern too, which I think is another reason why. But man, they they had some really really horrible years since that NCAA tournament team from like, I think it was 2016, 2017, something like that. I mean, they have been horrible. I think any other school probably would have fired them because they had, they had seasons where they would win like two, three conference games, just horrible. And now nothing expected this year. And they just come out of nowhere and they're only a game back in the loss column of Purdue. They've won five in a row now That's and insane. really good wins. I mean, they, the yeah. three straight wins over Purdue, Indiana, and Iowa. It's impressive. Yeah. Now I, they go I to was, Illinois. I was That'll blown away by the arena. And yeah. How and they've, it was. they totally redid that arena a couple of years ago and they brought the seats closer. It's more of an intimate, it's only 7,000 seats. It's like a perfect modern day arena because it's not too big. You keep all that sound in there. You can fill up the seats. You've got the places for the students behind each basket, like Iowa State. And boy, they they, they showed out, those students. I mean, they, they made a huge impact on that game. I can't tell you how many Northwestern games I've watched over the years where it's like four students. Yeah. One guy's reading a book. Studying. But now they've they've got they've got it they've got it going. All right. So I That's a good team. That's a good team. That's that's not a bad loss. I mean I I don't get Chris, why was Iowa favored by three points? What what the hell was that all about? Uh, it had to be all metrics based. I I don't know. I was stunned. Yeah. I thought it'd be Northwestern minus one minus two. Iowa's so good on offense when it comes to their but numbers. But not on the road. Well, I know, but the that only gets accounted by a, a point or two when it comes to Well, for Iowa, the, the it lines. should be about ten point a ten point swing in spread on the road. But, I mean, They've they're got, a top five offense, so like they it skews it their ratings off. Yeah. And they'll they'll average like ninety at home and about sixty on the road. Yeah. They're, they are a different shooting team away from Carver. They've got one good Big Ten road win, and it was a long time ago at at Rutgers. They, they, they the other the only other road game they've won is at at Minnesota in conference play, and they didn't they didn't play very well in that game. Only scored like sixty eight points. Speaking of Big Ten basketball, did you see my boy Sammy Hoyberg get the no. game winner? He did Nebraska yesterday. How about Nebraska? Yeah. 
Well, little Sammy Hoiberg. They used to show him crying on ESPN when yeah. dad's teams would lose, and now look at him. It's awesome. Hey, he's gonna he's gonna sa- he's gonna save his job. He might. At this point, I don't know if Fred will get fired. I I was for sure he would get fired three weeks ago. But yeah, they just they, keep... they've won three straight, seven and ten in the Big Ten. I mean, this is a huge improvement over what they had done in previous years. So I gotta I gotta think that they'll they'll keep. Them. I gotta give them credit too, man. I look at that crowd. Yeah, you talk about that atmosphere. It's amazing. They are that is such a different deal than it was when I was growing up, and. You know, in the Big Eight, where everybody was just a Creighton fan. All the Nebraska fans just went to Creighton games. Dan Altman. Nebraska basketball fans are freaking loyal. Like, they, that crowd is crazy. Now, I know they're playing a, a decent opponent. It's an NCAA tournament-type team in, in Maryland, a bubble-type team. But a Sunday afternoon, that place, I mean, if, if it's not sold out, it certainly looks the part. And it's jumping and bumping. and it's, they I, Students I, surrounding the court. It's really impressive for a coach that we all thought was getting fired. And there's still, what were they? Six and 10 in the big 10. I, that stood out to me too. Those two crowds watching little big 10 basketball yesterday. Yeah. You look around the league at the home environments and it's, it's pretty apparent that Iowa is lacking. Look at Northwestern, look at Nebraska. Okay, that's that's exhibit one A and one B. Then of course you've got the stalwarts, Purdue, Michigan State, yeah, Indiana. They're always always awesome. Maryland is fantastic. That that game against Purdue is, is great. Wisconsin's always good. Iowa's uh something has to be done there. And I, I think they're gonna get a good crowd for the Michigan State game. What is it? They play Michigan State on like a Saturday afternoon, I think. Uh, would think that that would bring a yeah. sellout. Uh-oh, Chris, though. Uh-oh. It's 11 a.m. local time. Is that too early for those? Uh... They can get across the river by 11. You sure? The Iowa women are hosting game day on Saturday. That'll be Oh, awesome. man, what a huge week for Caitlin Clark and the Iowa women, huh? I'm fired up for that. That's that's big time. The Iowa and Indiana women. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. It's it. And I, I've, it's been, it's taken me a while to come around to, because I, I just, gr- growing up, I didn't care about Iowa women's basketball. Really? Like, the C. Vivian Stringer teams, you didn't watch those? I was a little too young for that. Like, I remember they, they made a Final Four, but that was, I was. I just grew up in a house where I had an older sister, four years older than me, who played basketball. So women's basketball was always a thing. We always made it a purpose to, because Finley's teams were just getting going. And then I want to say Stringer didn't didn't one of those Iowa teams back in the '90s make like a Final Four or something? Mm-hmm. I just yeah yeah it, we I would always watched women's basketball when we could at my house, so it's just a very natural thing for me. So the game day is going to Iowa City for the Indiana game to finish the season, but Iowa is at number eight Maryland on Tuesday. Yes, so a huge week. And the rankings are going to change. We're recording this before the rankings come out, but Maryland's not going to drop because they they just keep winning too. So Iowa faces the the team right behind them in the standings and the team right ahead of them in the standings. First place team and the third place team to finish the season. Pretty cool. So what about your buddy? You were telling me something about your your, your friend. 
Randy. Oh, God. What did he do? You p- People might have seen this on social media yesterday. Uh, Barstool Sports tweeted it out. You want to go sound full on that, uh, Van Huynh? 25 or more in four of her last five. Miller and Maryland, 66-61 winners. It's their fourth straight win. Let's get back to the actual basketball there in Ann Arbor, Joey Hauser. Okay, let me let me set it up for you again, and we'll play yeah. it again here. So the first highlight that's being shown is a women's game, and then he goes to this. Then the second highlight that he goes to is a men's game, and between the highlights, he says, "Let's get back to the actual basketball." Let's play it one more time, Van Wink. 66-61 winners. It's their fourth straight win. Let's get back to the actual basketball there in Ann <laughs> okay. Arbor, Joey. So- Barstool clips that off and a bunch of people, ah, look at this guy shitting all over women's basketball. So people are pissed at Randy. It's totally taken out of context. Totally taken out of context. We, I, I talked to him about it. So what happened was they did an on camera. He was on camera about the Michigan State shooting which happened, when was that, a week ago? Yeah. And then there was a VO of, uh, or a video of the, the moment of silence in Ann Arbor, which I think the men's game was in Ann Arbor. Then they went to the women's game, which was in East Lansing, a little highlight of that. So then he said, let's get back to the actual basketball in Ann Arbor, because the last time he was showing Ann Arbor, it was a moment of silence. So if you saw the entire the clip in its entirety, you would understand. Yeah. But the way they clipped it off, it made it seem like <laughs> this sports center anchor is doing a women's highlight. No, okay, well, enough of this garbage. Let's get to the actual basketball with men. But no, that's not what happened. But it it reminds me of something that happened. It was about I don't know, five, 10 years ago on outside the lines. So I I had a buddy that was hosting that day and they had a segment on outside the lines called news that matters. That's how it was branded. And you said that every time you went into the segment, but about 10 minutes before the show started, a boxer who was, beaten into a coma, died. So they put that right in front of the News oh, That Matters no. story. So oh, no. he's on there talking about, and uh, I'm not sure what his name was. <laughs> now it's has, time for news that actually matters. Has, has passed away at the age of 24 after a tragic, uh, tragic uh, disaster in the ring. Now to news that matters. And, uh, yeah, people did not take kindly. You know, and this is just a really bad part of the media culture that we live in. And shame on Barstool for, but it's the world we live in. Take the little clips, make it viral, bring out your pitchfork. Like, it it just sucks. It's just, context doesn't matter to some people. Nope. Iowa State walked into the octagon of doom, led by eight points at halftime, and really a 
backyard brawl, and the Cyclones are really having sco- having trouble scoring right now. They're shooting way too many threes. They could not put the ball in the bucket in the second half and and drop one. The, yeah, I didn't expect them to win. I don't expect them to win on Tuesday either. But, man, you had an eight-point lead at the half, right? So then your yeah. expectations change, and you, you start to feel a little bit differently. But that, that game was very similar to what I thought it would be. I thought it would be low scoring. Um, but Iowa State is – they are in a spot, Chris, where they're starting to have – not starting. It's been going on the last couple of weeks – these really long scoring droughts like you saw last year that they just simply were not having earlier in the season. And this is kind of the point last year where they were really struggling too. It took maybe a a few games longer this year to get there, but they're kind of in that, that same sort of funk, at least on the road. Now, granted, they're playing a top 12 team on the road, sold out crowd. They're desperate for a win. Mm-hmm. Iowa State actually played better than I thought they would. I, I didn't think they would be in position to to win this game. I didn't think they would have, you know, an eight point lead at the break and have a shot. You shoot five for twenty seven from deep. They're shooting too many threes. Like they've lost that ability to. Like you want to know what the Kalsher problem is? He's not scoring as much. It's because he's settling for threes all the time. Yeah, three. He was, he was. He took. Tw- he took fourteen shots. Twelve of them were threes. Yeah, he's not. Remember the whole mid-range Gabe thing. Yeah, and that you want NCAA tournament Gabe. It's not that guy that you're seeing settling for these bad threes. I I simp. I I truly believe it. I know I sound like a broken record, but they're they're a good team. The NCAA tournament released its seeding. They were a top three seed on Saturday before that game but they are not this elite talent team. And the scouting report is out on Lipsy. It's a reason he's turning the ball over now, more now than he was early in the year. The scouting report is out on Jaron Holmes. Pressure him. He doesn't, he doesn't have a very good handle on the ball. The scouting report is out on Oshun. Beat him up. He's not a physical guy. right? And you go up and down. And I truly think that that's what's happening. But I also think that with that, once you get out of the league, I think this could be another second weekend NCAA tournament team once you get out of that Big 12. They're tough to play when you've never seen them before. That pressure, mm-hmm. like, right? Second and third times, like, I just don't I, – I think this team will be one and done in the Big 12 tournament, and, and I think that that might be the best thing for them, too, to rest up. Just get the hell out of there. Right? Like, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Just, I'm not but overreacting I, I, to any of these, but they're – they are not a good offensive team right now. The first half of the Big 12 season, they were top two in offense. I would say they're like eight right now, I think, in the second half of the season so far. In the Big I'm 12. having a hard time paying attention to you, and it's twofold. One one is, what did you, your your volume went way down. Did you turn your mic down? What, what happened? No, I didn't, I didn't do anything different. Well, you're low. Check, check, but, check. But mostly... Let's let's get the audio worked out first, and then I'll point out Is the that second better? thing. Can you hear ben me? Wink, how are we doing here? Something happened to his volume. I don't know. Yeah, Did what, you mute and you turned down or something? Was it that ghost? Why Is why is better? it Williams? Is that better? Yes. Okay. Is it I better? Know. I had to sneeze, so I muted it for a minute. 
Oh, that might have been it. But two, can you please figure out these headphones? You got no, that thing. I hate that, these things. It's like poking out the top of your head. Like you, you got to put it behind you. Put the cord behind your back. We have the same exact headphones. I'm telling earbuds. you, these things are my kryptonite. Why did you ruin it? That was really good analysis on Iowa well, State. Well, I let you, you finish. Took us, you completely took us off topic. I let you finish. I didn't interrupt. I just I couldn't listen to a word you were saying because you had this cord poking out the side of your head. I'm and the, sorry. The volume went way down. I agree. I totally agree with you, though, on Iowa State. Like, it's almost like they play five too many Big 12 games. Like, get out of the meat grinder and let's see what happens. But I, I just, I, I'm a little concerned because now you got to go to Texas. I highly doubt you're going to win that game. Are, are they yeah. going to be able to get that final push? for those last couple home games, Oklahoma and West Virginia. Got to win both of those before you go to Baylor. Because, I mean, there's still a lot of basketball left before you get out of the Big 12. What about Texas Tech? Jeez. they Unbelievable. Bloom and I were stacking up their metrics last night on our podcast on Cyclone Fanatic. I mean, they look their profile looks like an NCAA tournament team. Except for their conference record. Yeah, but at four and everything 10. else, like they're right there with these other teams that you would can like I think they're gonna make the tournament. If they if they win three of their last four, which is a tall task, they got at Oklahoma, at Kansas, and home against TCU and Oklahoma State. Win three of your last four, I think they do get in. But can they keep it up? They they just beat Kansas State, Texas, and West Virginia. Three straight wins. And I am I I hate this the team that goes seven and eleven and gets in. I, I usually hate that. It drives me nuts. As a fan of mid major basketball and low major basketball, there are teams a lot more deserving, way more deserving than a middling team in the Big Ten or, or the in Big this 12. conference this year. But yeah, the, and the way they've done it too, where they started zero and eight, and this is one of the hotter teams in basketball now. I, I do like it when they give hot teams a chance. They they, they don't factor in their last ten games anymore. I wish they would. I, I I like giving the hot teams, the teams that are peaking, a chance when it comes down to it. I I always say those. I, I, those teams that you're talking about that you don't like when they get in, mm-hmm. that should be all Dayton is. Enough playing yeah. the 16 seeds. Those teams should be playing on Thursday. I agree. Yeah, don't don't make those poor 16 yeah. seeds have to <laughs> have Instead to of fight. the first four, you put all those teams that you're talking about. And it's the same ones every year. We know exactly what you mean. And you call it the last chance dance. And you put there it in Dayton and – Truly do it like a playing tournament to get into the NCAA. Enough of this. No, that's not the NCAA tournament. The NCAA tournament is when you try and skip school on Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you call it the last chance, the last chance to dance. And you got eight teams there and we're just doing a tournament and 
You got to beat another good team, and if you do it, you can get in. That's how you should do it. All at-larges. Anybody who wins their conference tournament or however you qualify, you're automatically in the tournament. I don't care. Because it's not – and plus, nobody wants to watch the two 16 seeds play in Dayton anyways. Yeah. That's not fair Texas Southern teams. And then you'll have a stat like, oh, Texas Southern just won its first NCAA tournament game since 2019. Like, huh? Yeah. No. No. That doesn't count. That is not an NCAA tournament win when you're playing another 16 seed in Dayton. I would guess in my thought, too, that you would have better TV ratings and better attendance. You would. bring... Well, the attendance, I don't know, because they're going to sell out regardless. That's but true. Dayton's crazy. I think for sure you would have better TV ratings. Because I have the, the the 16 seed matchups, I have that on as like background noise, and I'm just kind of starved to get into the tournament, you know, get into tournament mode on a Tuesday and Wednesday. But the, come on, those games are terrible. Those teams are terrible. Trevor brings up a good point. That Iowa State-Texas game, yeah. That's on the Longhorn Network. Really? So, can I get that on with ESPN Plus? I think so, yeah. that that That's just like if a game would be on ESPNU. Okay. So, I, so I can get it. All right, good. I think so. I mean, I have... Yes, I believe that is an ESPN Plus thing. What is your TV subscri- subscription? YouTube? Yeah. That's what I have too, and I've been able to watch Longhorn Network. So, what on ESPN Plus? Yeah, that I better because that's see that never bothered me because I used to always have Dish, so I I got the Longhorn. I was one of the like ten people in the country that just got it. The only but time the- I ever got Longhorn Network as part of my cable package was when I lived in Connecticut. Oh. Okay, well, that would make sense. I got Longhorn Network, and I got Pac-12 Network. Those are the only times I've ever been able to get either one of those was when I lived the farthest away. And the only reason I literally was when TJ moved out to Washington, I got Pac-12. I I bought Dish so I could watch the Pac-12 Networks. So I could he watch moved his to Washington. Games. Oh, yeah, he, to fu- he coached at Washington for two or three years. Do you remember that? Was that when... Allison was playing for the yes, Seattle team. She was playing for Seattle, okay. and she had just gotten done. But he left Fred's staff, remember, and went and yeah. worked for Lorenzo for a couple years. And that was, but but then like so, then I always had these Longhorn Network things, and it was never a problem for me. But I remember all my friends and people were like illegally streaming these games on Twitter <laughs> to be able to watch, and that was the only way you could watch Iowa State play them. I can't believe the Longhorn Network's still a thing. And what happens when they go to the SEC? Are they going to be able to... No, it's no longer a thing. They're blowing it It, it should have never been a thing to begin with. It's yeah, a disaster. They're, 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 well, that was the reason the Big 12 blew up. Started to blow up, at least, with mm-hmm. Texas A&M and Missouri and all that stuff. Okay, a couple other quick topics before we go here. Uh, real quick, shout out to our friends at Circa, Circa Sports Iowa. I'm looking forward to getting out to Circa... For the Sweet 16 round, the West Regional is out there, and they've invited us to come out and do some shows on Radio Row at the greatest sports book on the planet. Yes. Hassel, I still have one more room. Are you sure you can't get out there? 
As of right now, no. Van because Winks I, is well, going to be there. So here's the problem. I've got my my sister is coming to visit. So unless I tell my sister peace. Well, <laughs> does she want to come? No. She's pregnant. No chance. Pregnant women can't go to Circa? No. Where where is where are they going to put Radio Row? Uh, I'm assuming in the sports book somewhere. I don't know how wow. it's going to be set up. <whistles> I don't know. Man, I had some bad, 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 bad beats over the weekend. I had Baylor plus five and a half at Kansas. And I had, uh, who was it? Uh, FIU. I had FIU plus eight and a half hmm. at Middle Tennessee. Okay. So I, 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 I'm calling a game in San Antonio. I look at the scores of both those games. And I got Baylor plus five and a half. They're up 15 at Kansas. I've got FIU plus eight and a half. They're up 24 at Middle Tennessee. Wow. I check when the game's over, and neither one of them covered. That's incredible. The odds of that happening are so bad. Middle Tennessee was down 24 points. And I was still getting eight and a half. Wow. And they turned it around. That's they insane. won by nine. It was the largest awesome. comeback all season in college basketball, 24 points. And they even covered the nine. I, I feel bad because I, I hit my biggest long shot of my gambling career yesterday. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. to win the Daytona 500. Oh, man. Plus 3,500 at Circa. I was wondering when you get your first little Daytona mention in. Honestly, I'm just I'm gonna do so. I'm gonna start doing my circus sponsoring a the CW pod here, and I'm gonna talk about it this week. I just I love racing. You know I you know how much I love it. You've made fun of me for it for years. The Daytona 500 does not feel the same to me that it did 10 years ago. And I think there's a lot of different reasons for that, which is weird because I'm as into NASCAR as I ever have been, but this race just mm-hmm. doesn't seem as big of a deal to me like it used to. But I did hit a plus 3,500 long shot winner, which was awesome. And who was it? Stenhouse that won? Yeah. He's a big deal. Like I'm sure there's some local race fans. And Ricky's got a great reputation around the dirt track scene and stuff. So that was a really popular one. He's a great guy. I actually uh, had a couple of cold bush lattes with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at the old Dingus Lounge one night. Oh, yeah? You ever been to Dingus? No, I'd never make it there. I would never make it. Yeah, they honestly, you wouldn't be very popular. They they would stone me, run you out of town. I, uh, TB I, has a good uh, has a good little catchphrase for Circa. Circa, <laughs> the sports book for everyone except pregnant women. <laughs> Keep them fetuses out. Speaking of bush latte, I. Random deal, Friday night, get to Minneapolis, going to find some dinner before this wedding stuff. I stumble upon Pappy Van Winkle, the iconic whiskey. Is that Matt Van Winkle's yep. uncle? Matt's Pappy. So I'm on a text chain with you and Keith Murphy, and we, we just BS a lot. You had never heard of Pappy Van Winkle? Is this? No. It's like the world's like mo- it's the rarest whiskey to find in the on the planet. Where where do they make it? Uh, in Louisville, I mean Kentucky. Okay. Yeah, it's like a 
Now, here's the here's the thing. I found it and I was just shocked. Like I I've been trying to taste this stuff for 10 years and I've never found it. Really? And the only so, place Where were you at I, where you found it? Was it a bar? A hotel a bar? bar? The hotel bar? Yes. <laughs> so how it works is, you know, these places they they all want these bottles, right? But mm-hmm. like 99% of the time that bottle comes in and like the manager just keeps it for themselves or they give it to, you know, like this thing was on the shelf and it was only $36 a pour, which is like insanely cheap. Normally, if you find this, it's 150 bucks a pour. So I tried it and it was phenomenal. Now, I would never pay like $3,000 for a bottle of whiskey like some people would, but it was really, really delicious. What it made was, it so uh, great? It was a big moment in my life. Okay. And then I got you being like, you I can pay $36 for a shot of whiskey, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and that night, I thought about this after I texted you. That night, earlier in the night, my wife got a, uh, a, a, a pour of wine at this whiskey place that was like 18 bucks that she took two sips out of because it was so bad. So here I am paying 18 bucks for nothing and giving you shit about paying 36 for something you really enjoyed. It was awesome. Honestly, like it was really, really good. Uh, it is funny. This is how marketing works though. Like it was really, really good. I do not regret it at all. I would have paid 50 for it. I probably would have paid a hundred honestly. Cause it was just, you know, you're with friends, you stumble upon this. Oh, let's get the weekend started off. Right. Uh, but it it also it's like I got a lot of whiskey on my shelf here that's really good too. It's like a guy like you would not be able like you don't drink a lot of like just straight whiskey, do you? I mean, I do sometimes, okay. but not. You would think, uh, okay, I you would, would prefer think. a a nice cocktail. Yeah, see, not me. I I want the old fashions, the Manhattans, the Sazeracs, the Boulevardiers. The uh, hmm. Have you ever heard of French Laundry? It is like the oh, highest yeah. rated restaurant in the world. It's in Napa. Yauntville. Huh? Yauntville. So have you been there there? My Matthew? mom's my mom's been, but I've I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I need to talk quietly so my wife doesn't hear because she told me I'm never allowed to bring this up again because I'm so pissed about this whole thing. It's all right. It's just us. We went to a wedding in uh in Napa a few years ago and we got like it's like the, the last night we're there and one of our friends says something and I go, what? Huh? And she goes, yeah, you didn't, your wife didn't tell you, you, you guys put the deposit down on French laundry. You guys are going to French laundry tonight. I said, huh? <laughs> well, what was the deposit? A thousand dollars. And so I'm just stunned. And my Did wife's you get like, it back? well, yeah. My wife's like, yeah, that's. Yeah, if I would have asked you, you would have said no. And yeah, people eat there really like once go. in a lifetime. It's like one of the most expensive meals, but it's like a seven course meal. It's yes. So we go because I have to because she already put the deposit down. We go and it's it, it is the most foo foo place that you've ever seen in your life. And Matt is under. It, it, you're underestimating it. It, it was like 15 courses, but 
each course, it's like course one. They'll bring out like, here is the, uh, here is the foot of an Argentinian blue crab. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, they'll bring you and like then, a, the tiniest little portion on a plate. And then at, here, here, this is a, uh, a moose knuckle straight <laughs> out of Alaska. And, and so, and then there's, so what reminded me of this was your little pappy thing. The worst part about this is, is I can't even imbibe because the drink prices, it was like $75 for one pinky of bad whiskey. You had oh, to pay like 150 bucks for a finger of decent whiskey. No beer, nothing like that. The wine, you had to buy the full bottle. And I'm telling you, this, this meal cost thousands of dollars. And it was terrible. Horrible. Did Kristen like it? She did. She, But she would never do it again. And I think she regrets it because of how upset it made me i was fucking miserable and it took four hours to go through all these courses this is a this is a finely grated pig's tail on a ritz cracker it it was so bad and but the people that we were with thought it was the greatest thought it was the greatest thing of all time and he actually ordered a finger of some kind of whiskey for like 150 bucks. And I just you know wanted I say? to die. Uh, it all makes a turd. <laughs> McDonald's Big Mac or the Moose Knuckle. Because it wasn't oh, like, it it wasn't like they'd turd. bring you out, you know, it, it, there's no like flank steak they're bringing out. There's no burger. There's no fries. There's no ribs. There's no, it's, it's all just random shit that is horrible. And a lot of it was, a lot of it was from like lakes. I don't know if it's still there. There was a French restaurant in the East village that I had to go to once for a Christmas party for my wife. What in Des Moines? Yeah. And I didn't pay for any of it because it was a Christmas party. But I remember I had the same experience of like hating all of this food, like genuinely hating oh, it. I didn't I like threw, it. I threw up after it. It made me <laughs> sick. I really did. Like I threw up. This is a, and what we have here is a uh, three-eyed rabbit. <laughs> My buddy Levi says he's had same conversations with people in Oregon who try and convince them that a $100 grass-fed steak is superior to a corn-fed steak in Iowa. <laughs> like how the hell? It's more tender. All right, let's get out of here. Appreciate you all listening. Uh, watch the Caitlin Clark special tonight at 8. You can watch it on YouTube. We are um, going to wait to put it on the podcast feed. Probably Wednesday we'll put it on the podcast feed. Uh, but you can watch it on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter tonight at eight o'clock it'll also be on demand so if you can't watch it right at eight don't worry and for our ninth course we have a 
pan-fried pork sphincter <laughs> dusted in poop shards. Exclusive poop shards. <laughs> All right. Love y'all. Have a great week. Hope you laugh some today. Hopefully we can uh, avoid more UFOs. If not, that's what's the, coming up on Thursday. <laughs> Have a great week. Uh, see you later, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening to Two Guys Named Chris on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa everywhere.